0: Those conversations in uh, the production offices of all those cable news networks where they're like, okay, today we're going <laughs> to... Today, our spin is going to be... Uh, what's her name, Dan? Maria? Bartimolo.
1: Bartimolo, I think? Yeah. Wasn't she a former... That's Fox News?
0: Wasn't she a former judge or something? No, that no, was... No, no, that's yeah, a hero. <laughs> That's, yeah, yeah, that big mouth. So, they're... <laughs> <laughs> they're in a meeting, and we've all been in those meetings, like planning for the, f- the show, and so they say, okay, Maria, what's your spin going to be? Mm-hmm. And, and somebody on her staff says, I know what we'll do. We'll say that the uh, sort of uprising in Russia was, was done by the Biden government to, take, to distract, what, what was it, Dan? To distract what? From from the Hunter Biden. Oh, from now. the Hunter Biden uh, tax evasion scheme. Right. <laughs> you know, it must be fun to know,
2: Is fun the word? It must be to know your audience is that stupid. You can say anything to them and watch them. (laughs) You know, I'm not proud of this. Years and years and years ago, me and Buddy Doug, we had a a buddy who wasn't all sort of there. And we used to feed him stuff, like songs and stuff, and tell him stuff was true when it wasn't. Listen, I'm not proud of it.
0: Uh, What do you mean, not there? Like, was he a bit slow? Well, he was just, Like Rain Man slow, or... Wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) You're telling me that you and your buddy Doug, who I admire greatly. Right. Separately and together, the two of you were jerking around a slow adult, formerly what we would call a retarded person.
2: No, no. Not retarded. Just just a little bit different like he, one day he started singing so me and doug this is where well like 12 13 14 years old okay. told him he was a great singer and he okay. wasn't okay so he got it in his hand that he was a great singer right so he would go out of his, out of his way to sing so then we started writing him songs or putting songs together for him that made no sense <laughs> whatsoever so he would see these songs and be singing the words right and then look at us like that can't be right we know me oh if I said his name I
0: shouldn't Oh, okay, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
2: We'd say, No, that's right, it's right, it's good, it's good. Nice. And then we'd be in groups of people and get them to sing and stuff. Listen.
0: Wow. What? Wow. He <laughs> <Just, laughs> was a really what do you good mean buddy. buddy what? Oh, he was, was he? He was a good he buddy because you <laughs> all you did was torment him and make fun of him for no, your own no, body. He, th- he bought in bullshit for your own amusement.
2: Okay, I was young. Listen, I'm sorry.
0: I know. I regret
2: it. I'm not proud of it. The point is, when you have an audience or when you have somebody that you can easily manipulate, like Fox does, just think about that. They sit in a room, and most of their audience is like this guy I'm talking about. Say anything to them, they'll buy it. Just think Listen, about that, I, how I think easy we, it
0: is. We all did things uh, as kids. Sure, we, we. we had this neighborhood kid who was similar. Here, maybe he here wasn't. We I, <laughs> maybe, here we go. Maybe he wasn't, you know, as we would say in the 60s, he wasn't retarded, but he was on right. some kind of journey. <laughs> he was on a different journey than the rest. Mm-hmm. And some children, I may have been part of a group that, we put together a lemonade stand, and when he came along, we had him drink urine. Okay, I'm not proud of that. That's a true story. Oh yeah.
2: Listen, I can. I don't even. You know where I grew up and some of the things. Like, oh man, just. But but yeah, you know times were different.
0: (laughs) They were. Is there more? Nah, forget it. No. No, I think this is a great place we should, we should start uh, this program. Dan, Dan never Dan did never anything. did, because he was the a the minis- thing that could ever be. <laughs> was a son of a preacher, man. <laughs>
1: that kind of thing always makes me feel awkward. Well, Dan, Dan. of course. You're not going to watch a movie when somebody, if, if that was in a movie yeah. or a TV show, yeah. I'd almost move away from the show, because it just makes me feel awkward. Well, really
0: you, were, you were a different cat than uh, the Fred man and I.
1: That's true, yes.
0: I totally was. And uh, yeah, remained never, you. You remained a, a gem to this day.
2: Listen, when you look back on some of those things, and there was a few, believe me. Um, number one, kids were weren't diagnosed at back then the way they are now. So they, you know, they just went to school with us and stuff like that. Yes, and, and then you know, through your ignorance and you know your. Not knowing what the situation is And why kids take advantage of that And, um, and you know, and saying, you know, times were different Really, that's no excuse But when I look back, I think, wow Some of those things that maybe I was part of And not vicious or no, I know, but- physical Or just making fun of or not fully appreciating the situation I look back and yeah, I'm not proud but at the time it was just
0: you didn't hey, listen you can only you didn't eh, calculate eh, escuche you can only do what you can do with the information you're given with given at the time and I I grew up at the end of my street on Henry Street in Musja there was a country school and that was kids that were bused in from the country and then there was a I guess what would be called a special needs school John Chisholm school and my friends and I tormented both of those cohorts with equal abandon all throughout my childhood. I told you stories of us making fun of the country kids when they would come in on the buses and I was literally chased home by uh, the neighbor, one of the neighborhood children who went to the other school and uh, he scared the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. he would put his hand I've told you this he would put his hand in his mouth I don't, don't know why but he would put his hand in his mouth and he would make this motion and And he was quite large you know <laughs> you know what I mean like mm-hmm. and he would chase us and uh, I still have nightmares about being chased by this guy Rodney was his name
2: Mm, Even though he is- was chasing you because you were tormented. <laughs> no. You both have nightmares. So, I mean, you could have shut that. Th- Maybe you could have shut that all down by not tormenting The thing
0: you. is, I was a, it was funny. It was a group of people that did the tormenting, but one day he caught me on my own and he chased me uh-huh. blocks back to my house. It was uh-huh. terrible. Yes, you can only do what you can do with the information you're given. Um. Let's start the show and then you can comment on that Dan Duran, who is, by the way, was brought up by a minister And that's why he's an angel Here he is
1: This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world From our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studios in Toronto From the well-equipped Brampton facility with a pool And from a porch in Stratford and is brought to you by Bodog, the retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Air Ventures, EVNet.ca, Archidec Outdoor Living, Palma Pasta, and our newest sponsor, Stretch Lab Toronto. And now, here are two men who keep it real by taking their dogs for a walk every morning, pick up the dog shit, and compare it to their own Means it's Humble and on
0: uh, Dan, you can bump it up like a couple percent there. You just kind of got it a little quiet. Thank you, Dan. It. Yeah. It um, it again. No, you're enough. good. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, we're going to talk about dying today. Uh, Helen Long is the CEO of Dying with Dignity Canada. Lots of questions for. And we had a death doula on, as we mentioned yesterday. It was interesting, but there's still a lot of questions. Uh, we're going to talk about MAID, which is medically assisted. Medically assisted. Dying? What is it? M A I D? Medically assisted. Um independence Independence, independent day we, you know here's the stupid thing we've had this conversation now a dozen times what this stands for medically assisted in dying
2: yeah. <laughs> um but a bit of a segue opportunity there dan mentioned uh, dog shit uh, yes on the streets uh, olivia chow uh, was elected mayor of Toronto last night, so uh, San Francisco here we come, so it won't be dog feces on the on the on the streets, it'll be human.
0: Well, here's time. the thing, you know, you live in Brampton, Dan lives in uh wherever the hell Dan's Dan Dan goes where the wind takes him, so <laughs> mm-hmm. why don't we wait and see? You know. Why don't we just okay. wait and see? Why don't we wait and
2: see? I'm not I'm not allowed to predict.
0: Well you can predict all you want, but listen, given your childhood fucking record now <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, don't paint yourself uh, as the holier than thou. Uh, I'll tell you what, yo, know, you are. Here's the thing: I was. I, there are parts of this city. Funny that you bring this up because I was going to mention it mm-hmm. to you. So most of the time, I sort of live in a part of Toronto. You know, most of the west. You know, my kids live, or one of my kids lives in St. Clair area. Ex-wife mm-hmm. Randy's down at Queens, Qu- Qu- Queens Quay. and since I'm no longer with. GFR. I rarely get east of Young Street, and uh, I happened to be in this neighborhood. I haven't. I don't know why. I was coming off it was downtown, and I was coming down um, like one of these parks in the middle of the city. Right. Like it's already
1: off Charger Jarvis or Church. In that one area. of one of
0: those. Like yeah. in that in that east of Young Street area, and I was really surprised. I'm being serious by how much what would you call them? Um, Shelter, not uh, like tents encampments encampments now where Charlie used to live, which is that street that is on the East end of Trinity Bellwoods for Mm -hmm. a while there around the pandemic in that, in that time it was filled with those encampments and it's, it's gone. So just to give Olivia Chow, the benefit of the doubt, it's already here. It was happening Mm -hmm. under our buddy, John, like it's not going to be, it's not like it's news. Oh no! It's just, I just—it was just news to us. Which way is it going to go, though? You're right.
2: You know, um, we'll see. We shall see.
0: I just don't want that you to—I just don't want you to drive in the city one day and go, "Well, there it is. It's already here." Oh, no, no. no.
2: I've seen that, Howard. I was when I was
0: down there a few weeks ago. I we went by a park and I thought, "Wow, yeah, that's crazy." Um, but I hadn't seen it for a while since Charlie moved away from Trinity Bellwoods. I haven't been in that neighborhood. I know that Trinity Bellwoods has been basically cleared out. Or the last mm-hmm. time I've seen it, but. I you know, really some really surprised
2: of those encampments and I've seen it on CP 24 actually. Um, a lot of them are weekenders. Their young kids live in the suburbs and then come down on the weekends and stay in those encampments because it's fun and it's an adventure. So, I mean, that's a whole other issue. Um, you know, as a, as a sympathetic gesture or as a, you know, stick it to the man type thing. Sure. Um, you know it's very involved and uh, again i don't know what the answer is i mean my you know my basic answer has been you know all churches should be open and people should be able to find shelter in any church they want sure uh but again that seems to be you know i'm living in a, a fantasy world with something like that did you see this email we received howard directed at you
0: yeah i was going to save it for uh, the email show but yeah i mean
2: oh but don't going, you think this is the perfect time
0: sure go ahead yeah, let's take the heat. Let's take heat off you making fun of special needs people.
1: <laughs> oh. Is this it, it tied into the whole? Yeah.
0: Let, l- thing? L- let's let's segue away from that as quickly as we can. Let's get back to you making up songs for retarded kids. <laughs> That's what we used to call them, Dan. He was not. Yeah. That's what did Dan. Did you ever make fun of anybody in
1: your life? Of course I wasn't you know an, an angel <clears throat> I was you know a minister's kid, so there was a yes. certain amount of rebel rebellion the most the biggest thing I ever got in trouble for was throwing a snowball at a at a, car. At a, a nun have one no it happened to be one of the people who uh who goes to the same church that my oh there you go preached that so that <laughs> yeah. was a big deal so on the one Although, so go ahead
2: no I was just saying nowadays like John and may uh my grandkids they are so equipped with Knowledge that we didn't have, mm-hmm. and again, I'm not just saying them. I generally, I don't think kids would be as uncaring, insensitive as
0: we were uh, unwittingly. Oh, you know no. what I mean? hundred percent. And you and know, it's changed. Mm-hmm. Even the listen, I my kids were that generation was so much better than us you know in terms of sensitivity mm-hmm. yes but john and may's generation and subsequently there it's even more in their i would say their dna their cultural dna but all right let's hi uh guys. let's do this email i got hi. no defense uh this is this from is- uh ian cass <laughs> uh ian uh hi fellas he says i was sorely do you want to read it go ahead
2: well, it's about you.
1: Well, you fine. I'll, I'll read it. Uh, I was surely this. Now somebody read, read it. it. We well, we'll read a send each. Okay, <laughs> let's do that. Oh, again. No, sense. no, it'll
0: be fun. Oh, by the way, I just want to say this. Just hold this uh, email for a second. Uh, the big email show this week. Uh, we're going to record it Wednesday. Sometimes we actually do it on the day of, but we're going to record it Wednesday. Are we still going to do that? Or do you? You want to do it Thursday? Because you said you're not going to be in town. Oh, we could. We could. Well, whatever we do, we're going to award the email of the month gift certificate from Palma Pasta. They're our title sponsor of the email show. Palma Pasta, 38 years of delicious Palma Pasta food. If you want to order online, you can. Go see the full menu. Freddie and I are maybe rendezvousing today at Palma's Kitchen in Mississauga. PalmaPasta.com. Okay, I'm going to read a sentence. I'm going to go hungry. You I'm going to arrive hungry.
1: <laughs> what?
0: I just, uh, <laughs> just I yeah. I just I uh, can't get over the fact that you're making up songs for this slow kid. Oh, <laughs> he yeah. was, I just made a kid drink piss. That's all I did. Yeah. Anyway, uh here we go. And then there was this one song we
2: we gave <laughs> It was, <laughs> oh, mom, I want to go back to Toronto. It, because we were, it was the end of summer, and we were sort of getting an- anxious to go back home to school in toronto believe it or not oh yeah and then we inserted this line that made no sense and every time he got to it he would look at us sort of weird we go no no no
1: go ahead that's right that's right
0: <laughs> great it's just great hi guys so, so yeah oh,
1: now, how's that how's oh, that guy guys. doing since he's such oh, a close yeah. friend what, what
0: <laughs> is? i haven't i haven't seen him that's in four a great years. point Dan yeah. how's your best friend doing <laughs> how's Fine. your bestie He's fine. Yeah. All right. My co
3: conspirator, he's fine. <laughs> yes, That's right. Doug, he's fine.
0: Uh, okay, I'm going to read this. Hi, fellas. I was sorely, sorely. This is, I love this how it starts. I was sorely disappointed hearing Howard confess he didn't care enough to vote in the mayoral by election. It surprises me, given the amount of thought, time, and energy he gives American politics. Well, that's true. <laughs> that, that is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, Fred and Dan, who don't live in Toronto, I put that part in. Now, for the next four years, instruct Howard to shut up whenever he complains about Toronto's mayor or city politics. Let me just stop there. Because, you know, that's all I do, as you guys know, is complain mm-hmm. about Toronto politics. But, by the way. Please tell me to shut up anytime I do complain about Toronto politics. Okay. Uh, he shall watch the city circle the drain in guilt-ridden silence. <laughs> Fuck, man. Ian, relax, man. Um, may Gord help you all down there. Regards, mm-hmm. Ian Cass, resting heart rate 60. Nice. Uh, bowel regularity like a German train schedule. Well, congr- <laughs> congratulations, Ian. That's great. I got Listen, I got no defense other yeah. than, yeah. you know, as you guys know, my my legendary complaining about Toronto politics. Yeah. I'll just have to yeah, put it off to
1: put without, it away for four years as we were bullying you about not voting. Did you, did you uh, make, make amends? Did I you fucking, end up voting? I absolutely
0: did not. Oh, and the by-election? No,
1: I didn't.
2: Anyway, it was a two horse race. Chow won with 269,000 votes.
0: And how many did the open. lady, the woman next to her, the human
2: 235,000. <laughs> and then in third place was Mark Saunders, 62,000, a distant third. But do you know that Chris Sky finished like eighth out of 108?
0: How many, who, 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 how many votes did he get?
2: Only a couple of thousand. But again, you know, when you got 108 candidates, there was right. some like with 50 and 60. But it just shows you, especially... In civic politics name recognition is yeah is really and again given the fabric of the city and everything there were a lot of people that just would go and think yeah i'm gonna vote for that guy a you know, protest vote whatever it is and then after the election immediately he goes on social media and claims that the election was rigged yeah of course
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the election was rigged. He he good for did. him i'm actually impressed by those numbers Because if you add them all up, let's say between the two of them, Saunders and the various other candidates, there was half a million. If there were half a million votes cast yesterday, that is pretty good in a city that I mean, the actual city of Toronto is less than three million people. I mean, the GTA is six or seven, but the city is only three.
1: There were seven hundred twenty five thousand votes that were counted. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so what was that percentage based on?
0: Because it's just four
2: one six, right? It's not. Well, but the
0: but the four one six is less than three million humans, and if seven, Well, I mean, again, Mississippi. You start counting Mississauga, the GTA's close to six and a half, but in the actual city. Boundaries right. of Toronto, Dan. It's less than 3 million, and you're saying that 700,000 people cared more than me.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> so 269,000 voted for Olivia Chow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, Dan, Fred said that.
0: I, and I'm going to watch the city circle the drain in guilt ridden silence.
1: So,
2: quickly, too, when you take out of that population the 3 million, you take out the people that aren't eligible to vote by age. Yeah. Just that alone. I, my calculations would say the turnout would have to be over 30% for, for a civic election.
0: Is, it's very good. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Uh, I'm, we, I'm, we've had
2: them like at 15%,
0: 18%. I wonder, again, we don't have those numbers in front of us, how that would compare to like, like this was a by-election to replace the mayor, but I wonder if like a full-on mayoral race, or imagine this would be the same, like when they replace, or when they do like in a council voter or a, I don't know I could care less to be honest
1: the last guy that uh, the, the lowest amount of votes some guy named Daniel or I- I- something like that 27 mm-hmm. votes how he did Gong do because Gong was all over the, I saw his signs
0: everywhere Edward Gong
1: looking for Gong
0: looking for Gong
1: <laughs> he did uh, uh, he spent a lot of- 2,900 votes like almost three thousand votes. I'll bet you he spent he spent
0: easily as much, certainly in this neighborhood. So you've got all the vote
2: vote counts. What is, what was Chris Sky's vote count? Actually, Socier or whatever, Chris
1: Sociere, Sociocho or whatever. Or whatever yeah. yeah. Um, searching for Chris. Then Chris. Is yes. His first name? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he got eight thousand votes, one point one percent of the the popular or the entire vote. Eight, eight thousand. <laughs> That's old. no minds voted right. for that guy. I love the fact you told me that you said the
0: the election was rigged. What yeah. a tool! <laughs> <laughs> Fucking tool. By the way, speaking of that, Carrie Lake is still mm-hmm. the uh, woman from uh, Arizona is still actually touting. She did this yesterday that she said Carrie Lake won, Trump won. <laughs> Um, Anyway, yes, uh, thanks, Ian. Uh, Resting heart rate, pretty good. And uh, bowel regularity, nice. Uh, And once again, on Thursday, all we're going to do is tell we've we've saved all the emails from the month of June. Mm -hmm. And there's been a plenty. And we're going to award a $100 gift certificate or gift card to go on a little spree stock up at Palma's Kitchen. And here's my prediction. You will go there with that $100 but you will not only you will not you're going to get a ton of stuff, but you won't be able to only spend one hundred dollars because it's just there's so much there. Um, as you'll be reminded uh, when we see each other there today, it'll be great.
2: Well, and I said I'm going to go hungry because they have the the hot kitchen there. prepared foods. Amazing. Yeah? Prepared food. So, um, yeah, that'll be that'll be exciting.
1: Can we have a little show meeting here? Am I, am I supposed to be talking about the, like, is the winner a winner uh, based on uh, the content or is it based on a random draw of all the uh, the emailers? How does that work? I'm sorry, did who? Oh, you're, randomly. you're randomly? Okay. Yeah, just randomly. Yeah, okay. we're going to put
0: them in the randomizer.
1: <laughs> so it's like a draw. You know, no. because
2: it wouldn't be fair to do it by content, because you know some people are slower than others. So
0: <laughs> yeah, as we found out in from this your new childhood new
2: world, we have to give everybody an equal chance, regardless of their brain capacity.
0: <laughs> I wonder, I wonder what happened to uh, whatever your guy's name was. Like my, the guy in my neighborhood that we made drink pee, his name was Will. Uh, <laughs> and then the other guy that chased me was Rodney. So whatever happened to your Rodney? I mean, it would it be funny if we, what if we, we, if we lost touch? Did you? Is, Hard to believe you were such good friends, but I okay,
2: wonder. I'm going to tell you another thing. That I, and again, not it was every kid in, every kid in the neighborhood down at the corner of like uh, Mozart and Bertrand. Uh, there was a house, and there was a young woman in there, and her name was Margaret, and she was, you know, she wasn't. There was something just wrong. She was a bit off. To,
0: yeah, and we so you to, tormented her. her.
2: No, 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 no. <laughs> Everybody just referred to her as Mental Margaret. Oh, oh yeah. Nice. Down by Mental Margaret's house. Sure. Or, oh, yeah. I was down there and uh, I saw, uh, you know, Kathy and uh, Louise and uh, oh and Mental Margaret was there. Yeah. And then Buddy Doug <laughs> tells the story that one day he just, you know, it, without even thinking, you know, it's just what you did and you didn't appreciate the impact and the hurt and the mm, on and on sure. and on and on. Yeah. And he was, I think, he was telling me a story that one day he was in the car and they were going by the house. And he goes, oh, that's Mental Margaret's house. And his dad said, what? What did you just say? <laughs> like, so we're throwing this stuff out, right? Mm-hmm. And your parents, like, even back then. And I think my mom ended up giving having a talk with me as well. Like, what do you guys, how do you refer to that girl? Like... Mm-hmm. But again, yes, we, you we know, would you'd, you'd look at her like, oh, okay, uh, I, yeah, it's just her name.
0: Yeah. Well, like I think what we're learning today is that your childhood was filled with tormenting the less fortunate. Was there any cripples in your neighborhood? Would you call them? <laughs> would you anyone with a limp, perhaps, or maybe a no? I'm a just funny
2: hand. Listen. And I think it, you know, it takes something to
0: admit these things. Oh, sure. And again, I'm not... Give you full credit for now admitting. Well,
2: look what you did. You made a guy drink urine. I'm not proud of that. Nothing I said has come close to
0: that. Listen. listen.
2: Well, I did give a guy a shit sandwich once.
0: (laughs) So... I was going to say before you launched into your latest uh, part of your child that I had no idea what I was dealing with. I wish you would have told me this in 1989. <coughs> um, <laughs> but here's but, what I was going to say. What a, what do you, if we could get in touch with this guy, whatever your Rodney or Will, I wonder mm-hmm. what his stories, I wonder what his version of this story would be. Like, yeah, when I was a kid, there was these two guys, Doug and Fred, who made up songs and they made me sing them, and I thought I mean, we
2: didn't make him.
0: <laughs> we told
2: him he had a good voice, and he bought
0: it. Okay, so what I, I would—that's the guy I want to interview. What's his version of his childhood?
2: You know, he would get to the camp, or we called it the camp back then. He'd get there in early June and leave at the end of August, and never put a pair of shoes on. Howard, it didn't matter where we went; he never had a pair of shoes on and he used to smoke one export a after another like just well, yeah, chain guess, yeah. smoked export a when he was like, we're talking 15 for- 16 oh, years okay. old
0: well he's yeah. probably chain smoking him because he was nervous wisdom what <laughs> the next next bit of torture was coming his way <laughs> All right, let's get off this because it could. T- I could do this the whole. That could be the whole show. Um, Dan, yes, uh, stick around because I. Uh, I just want to get to uh, some sponsor stuff here, but stick around because I want. I asked you a question yesterday about being recognized, and uh, I was uh, recognized yesterday, and I wonder if this happens to you guys. Well, I'm sure it does, but uh, but first, let's talk a little bit about uh, these fine folks who have supported us.
2: The Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. If you have a small business, you might want to check it out. Go to chamberplan.ca, get a free quote. Uh, there are different levels in which you can buy in, what you're comfortable with. But even the most basic is uh, gives great security uh, to your employees. That we be dental and, uh, you know, prescriptions and some therapies and what have you. Uh, they have a mental health component now, in HR um uh, product, it really is, again, I keep using the word progressive because they don't just sit still, man. They look at the landscape and say, what do people need nowadays? And let's provide it. And that's what they've been doing for years. And again, they've done a great job on holding the line on uh, on premiums. So take the time today. Go to chamberplan.ca.
0: We've been talking about driving an electric. I actually had my first experience when I was away last week, golf tournament, where I charged my car away from my house and it couldn't have been simpler uh, and it works by the way you can charge it if you're driving a whatever electric car you are from evnet.ca of course you can rent the Kona and uh, all the other ones that are available which I don't have in front of me but uh, the point I wanted to make is uh, I'm driving the Tesla and I hadn't uh, loaded the wallet on my app with any credit card It took seconds I did that Went to a supercharging station I charged the, This is cool I charged almost 350 380 kilometers In 20 minutes For 20 bucks Dan Duran Like good deal Seriously And you think about What people What I'm spending You know In has gone by On gassing up my car To go to these golf tournaments It really is something else But check out the EV Net experience for yourself we're talking a couple listeners that are going to try it out you can do it for a day for a weekend for a week and see if the electric experience is right for you and you couldn't find a better group of people call 1-800-387-9391 1-800-387-9391 evnet.ca by the way the uh, vehicles uh kona the bolt the leaf the uh, nissan it's all there for you okay Um, I asked Dan if he's being recognized in Stratford, and uh, this happens to us occasionally. You know, we've been somewhat notorious in this market, the three of us, for a long time. You know, Dan, of course, being super famous, but you know, you and I have been around long enough, TV commercials, TV appearances, people get to have a sense of who we are and what we look like. So I ran into somebody yesterday that worked at a golf course I was at years ago, like 25 years ago. And it's not so much about this encounter, but it's it's about encounters like this where people say, hey, nice to see you, uh, Humble Howard, Dan, Fred. Um, don't you remember me from this particular situation? You know? And often, because mm-hmm. of the number of people we've met over our 34 years in this market, oftentimes, we don't remember you from this moment. And that's happened to all of us.
3: Of
2: course. Yeah.
0: And... uh you know, I'm not proud of this, but a younger version of me uh, found these encounters uh, annoying. <laughs> but uh, And then some time ago, uh, years ago, I learned that it doesn't matter whether I actually did remember them or not. I used to just start saying, yes, I do. And that m- it made the moments much more pleasant. And, um, you know, the whole encounter was pleasant, even though I didn't mm-hmm. remember the person because, you know, mm-hmm. Be fair. We've met tens of thousands of people. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that I didn't always think that way, but then I did and it made it. So yesterday was another one where I went, Oh yes, of course. And feigned knowing the, what the person was talking about. And then I realized after I said, you know I'm, we're all three coming into a time in our lives when soon we can just, we can just blame it on dementia. (laughs) 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 And I was like, I don't remember stuff anymore. I yeah. thought that dad I thought I'm coming into my Blaming on dementia years
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll be out in the streets yeah. Some kids will be teaching me songs That don't make sense
1: I can't wait Get Mr. Patterson That's what it's gonna them. be
0: That's karma You're gonna be fucking singing I'm gonna go Fred what's, what's that song Yeah the grandkids have made it up They tell me I'm a good singer <laughs> While I'm eating a shit sandwich <laughs> Um,
2: So anyway, tell us about the encounter.
0: Well, just, just, no, it it wasn't so much the encounter. It just made me think that after all these years, (laughs) the the whole point of it was after all the years in the market, I'll soon, or you can, and three of us will soon be able to blame not remembering somebody on the fact
1: that we're a hundred years old. (laughs) Because I didn't remember this person at all. Sometimes I almost wish that I knew, like if someone, there's a lot of times people will recognize you and then you don't. Know that they recognize because they keep it down, like they want to protect your privacy or something. Like oh yeah, but but, but from sometimes the, from the paparazzi. I, I was, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's just you know I'm not make you feel like you have to right service the whole fame thing but there are times when I just wish that that, that I had known because you know whatever behavior that I was exhibiting Mm -hmm. at that moment like you know I said well I got to make sure did I check that because sometimes you think oh somebody doesn't recognize you you can you know maybe blurt something out you didn't quite you know was it so sure or I remember in our
2: heyday, the back in the edge days when we had TV commercials and again, whatever, our bus boards and, and things, there, sure. whatever, Yeah, being in a place and you knew somebody was looking at you, yeah. didn't approach you, but were, you know they were looking at you because they recognized you, and then you're trying to decide, do they know who I am or they just they've seen my face somewhere and it was a bit uncomfortable, and then you're like, do you go up and say, you don't want to go up and say, why are you looking at me? Or sure. You just hope eventually they come up and say, hey, are you uh, whatever? But I remember those situations. But then you make such a good point. You know, when you're fiery like Howard and I and you're in that situation where you are recognized during that era, like you have to be on your best behavior all
0: the time because you just don't know. And, and it's also, too, when we get recognized, it's like people want to say, do you remember that time at this event that's when I met you. That's what that, I find that encounter the most uncomfortable because that's when I used to say okay, I don't remember, but now I just say, yeah, I do. Oh, yeah, that day at Edgefest, 30 years ago. Yes, I remember that. You were with so and so. Oh. And and then it goes by quickly. So lying is the best policy in these situations. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what? Absolutely it is because no one wants to hear this. Do I remember you? No. <laughs> no, I no, I don't. Why do would I? Why would I? I remember. <laughs> no one wants that. I remember that
2: the night we were. Again, I'm bringing this up again because it's funny. It's the thing that I always remember. This was when you were in your transitional period. and oh, You weren't right. quite there yet. And we were. You and I are walking downtown and we're going across an intersection or whatever. Walking through an intersection or whatever and as we're walking this guy walks by us and says something
0: i remember uh, this yeah
2: disparaging and i'm just thinking what a dick and then all of a sudden they turn around and there you are going after the guy oh yeah
0: what did you say what did you say (laughs) oh yeah you confront
2: the guy (laughs) because of something he said to us in passing Just some dick recognized as some probably some jealous asshole so he just said some flippant remark about I don't even know what it was, and uh, yeah, all of a sudden you're not beside me, and there you are, like uh, <laughs> in um, true man. I don't even want to say comfor- uh, conversation in a heated um, confrontation with the fellow.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's been some I mean, that would karma.
2: never happen now.
0: No, no, I'm too old, <laughs> too tired.
2: Dan, why you don't seem to be reacting to that just because you can, you can. You're not surprised? <laughs> <laughs> well, mostly, yeah. We
0: don't think mostly. surprised. Mostly. Yeah. I don't think it, anybody's surprised. But
1: do you find when you're when you're lying your face off to people about meeting them, okay. do you ever like, do you enter this stress world of like, okay, am I going to get caught up here? Am I going to get caught on the lie because i don't re- really remember but it's it's a, it's a, it's say, a well, lie of, that time when such and such dan, and then,
0: it's a yeah. lie of kindness let me do the scenario with you excuse me are you dan <laughs> it's true it's That's a, a lie a of kindness mm-hmm. i walk mm-hmm. up to you on the street hey dan duran you're like oh yes i am and you know and uh, the person says hey remember that time at this party or at this event remember when we hung out that time what do you say if you don't
1: what do you say well, I, I normal. I guess so. It, it depends on the situation. So uh, you know, it's been a while. Uh, kind of not coming to me right now. Or <laughs> I guess I would. Uh, I would say, yeah, uh, yeah. I kind of remember that. Okay, so that's all I do. It's something. a lie of kindness
0: because yeah. okay. most all people want is to be seen. Yeah. <laughs> no,
2: Howard. That you're right. What, it's a lie of kindness. And I, and I tell you, again, I was hardly in the business very long, and I've told you the story about David Marsden. He, the, one of the first things, and he said it to me and Mike Stafford. You know, that age old thing of you, you only have one chance at a first impression. And he said to us, guys, it's very important in this business you keep that in mind. So when you're in situations, sometimes bite your tongue. Just be as nice as you can be. So when you walk away, they can say only nice things about you because they're poised and ready to say rotten things about
0: you. That's right. And it was so true. It was so true. You know, that idea of Mm -hmm. bad news travels fast. Like every encounter I had, even during the prickly period, I had Mm ninety nine great encounters. Okay, yep. 90, 98. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but you know, I had true. a lot of great encounters with people. But the two or three that were like the guy in the street that I turned around and I started fucking getting into it with, <laughs> that guy's told that story forever. Yep. But the other people that, you know, you know, where somebody's walked. This happened recently. Somebody wrote us. Uh, I was at a golf situation, hitting golf balls. Yep. And a guy walks up to me. This winter, and he says, "My sister, I love you know, humble Howard." He go, "Yeah." He said, "You know, my sister is a huge fan of your show." I said, "Let's call her." You yes. know, so those encounters don't get distributed as much no. as I met humble Howard and he threw a golf club through my windshield.
2: <laughs> That's right. As Marson said, disarm them. Yes, you know when you when those people because yeah, you know there's all sorts out there, right? And and back, you know. Back in the 90s and 80s, I mean, radio celebrities, we were pretty big celebrities in the city because, you know, we sort of had it all to ourselves, right? There was radio and TV, but, I mean, there was really nothing else like there is nowadays. And, yeah, there was people that would want to poke and pick at you, so
0: so uh, just a quick segue before we, cause we got to let Dan go in a second, Dan, before, and you're coming back for the news today. You're doing Stratford. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Just very quickly. Cause you reminded me of something I had, I thought I had written down, but I realized now I hadn't, you mentioned, uh, your f- former, uh, newsmate, uh, Mike Stafford. Yes. So I, I, I'm just gonna tell you this very quick. I was at, uh, Palma Pasta, Palma's Kitchen last week mm-hmm. picking up some mm-hmm. supplies. Mm-hmm. And I put my groceries away and I was bringing the cart back inside the store.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And a cart pulls up and parks there in front where they have the handicapped area. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm like 87% sure it was Mike Stafford. Mm. Got the beard, walks over like hunched over. And uh I put my card away and I went back to my car. I'm thinking, is that is that Stafford? So mm-hmm. I, I came back to the window and peered in the store. Mm-hmm. And and now I'm like ninety-five percent sure. And I was sort of stuck there. I'm like, should I say hi? I had uh this is the truth I had like I had a gift, a gift card I had like 30 bucks Left on it I had just spent So I knew the, What I had left on the card I thought Do I go in there And say hey Mike How you doing Here let me buy you A sandwich or something Here's my card But then I thought Well then how do I get My card back Anyway All this was going Through my head As I was peering in The window there Hoping he wouldn't see me I don't know Should I have said hi Do you think I should have walked up And said hello And given him some Given him one of those Beautiful sandwiches
2: i 'm here and there on it yeah um considering some of the things he said about you
0: i i don 't know i but it was close though i was i was on the i was a teetering i was like I? and i'm i'm absolutely sure it was him,
2: but given that you know the recent stories and history of you know um and we talked about it on the show, and that initiative by Mike Boone to wire him money and stuff. Yeah. I'm not surprised he was at Palma Pasta. I would have a pretty good reason why. Yeah, of course. Given the heart of the man that owns that, uh, place.
0: absolutely. And oh. that's exactly what I thought. I said the guy that owns this place has such a big heart. He's probably extended some kindness toward Mike. Mm-hmm. But I can just tell you right now, uh, from what I observed physically, it's not an easy. It's not an easy ride for him. It really isn't
1: You know what yeah, I mean Yeah, uh, I know It's uh, I, don't know. I don't know So basically you were trying on Well, what would a good guy do in this situation? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> like, I thought,
0: it's funny you say that, because I, I thought, am I getting any good guy credit just for thinking I should do this? <laughs> In a way, I thought, you know, I actually left thinking, you're a pretty good guy for thinking to do this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did. I wow. Did. I, a, a few years matter. ago, I went, it wouldn't even have entered my mind. <laughs> exactly. I get good guy credit just for pondering. And I thought about it all the way. I'm like, you're a pretty good man. How would you? Hey,
2: hey Mike, would you like a sausage?
0: <laughs> hey, Mike, I know you wanted me to die in a dumpster fire, but can I get you a beautiful ham and cheese sandwich? Focaccia, focaccia. All right, Danderad's news coming back here shortly. He's uh, going to go away and then he's going to come back. It's great. Dude, dude. Hey, guy does not look good.
2: Well, you know.
0: Wait, you say that about us? No, no, no. Not like this. I mean, I, yeah, I know we don't look good, but uh, not like this. Ah. <laughs> uh... We're going to be uh, talking to, uh, I want to make sure I get her name right, Helen Long, the CEO of Dying with Dignity Canada. you want to take care of a little more business before we uh, get to that?
2: Yeah, whether you're a sports better, or horse racing fan, a poker, casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sports book, and feature-rich poker room to their fully-loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience experience since 1994 you know going into the NHL season you know Connor McDavid was the odds-on favorite of course to win the heart as the uh, league's MVP which he did last night he also won the Lindsay uh, trophy as the outstanding uh, player as voted by his peers which you gotta love that award if you're a player and uh, he won the Art Ro- Ross for the scoring title and he won the Rocket Richard for most goals so uh, quite the uh, Quite the night for Connor McDavid, The greatest hockey player in the world today.
0: Any any of our guys won anything? Uh no.
2: <laughs> no. 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 They they wouldn't even, you know, the try harder award or no, no. They won nothing. 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 No. If there was an award for crapping out in the playoffs, they'd win that. Oh yeah, oh,
0: yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, Before Helen joins us, speaking of sport, I just wrapped up the uh, Tour de France Unchained documentary. I was going to recommend it to you. It's a little bit slow. It's fascinating, though. When I say slow, it's not like the first three or four episodes were pretty compelling. And then the last three or four episodes were like, oh, just like those ones. Um. But uh, fascinating. I not really, really wasn't sure how. I don't know if you were, but I wasn't sure myself exactly how the Tour de France worked. I just thought it was a bike race, and you know, if you win the. But it's all these individual stages. I knew about the yellow jersey that for for winning the stages. Oh, here comes Helen. I'll finish this after. But I'll just let you, you know if you're looking for something just to sort of educate yourself about how it works. It is. I wouldn't give it 10 out of 10. I'd give it like a 7. The whole uh, yellow jacket thing, right? The whole yellow jersey. and But it, there's a lot jersey, to it. Yeah. What, what I found yeah. fascinating is there's a lot to it that I wasn't aware of. One of the things is how many kilometers they ride each day. It's <laughs> insane. Anyway, we'll get back to that. You know, it's, it's interesting that I played the streets of Philadelphia. I'm going to play it again or keep playing it because it... It's from a movie about a, a guy dying With trying to die with dignity mm-hmm. Ironically enough If you know the uh, film uh, Helen, welcome to our program we've, uh, we've mentioned this several times today That you're the CEO of Dying with Dignity Canada And we appreciate your time this morning How are you?
4: Yeah, I'm great Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on
0: well, we've been, uh, you know, it's a very fascinating subject. Now, we've talked about this also a bunch of times, and we're, I don't think we've gotten it correct yet. What does the acronym MADE stand for?
4: Uh, medical Assistance in Dying. Ah,
0: well, I was close. Medical Assistance in Dying. How long in Canada have we had that on uh, as, our, as, a, as a regulation or as a law?
4: Yeah, uh, the law was created in 2016. The court case that actually led to the law was uh, happened in 2015, so, so about eight years now.
0: And what was the genesis of that? Give us some background.
4: Yeah, so I, a bit of a long story. I'll give you the short version. A lot of people probably remember the Sue Rodriguez case in the early uh, 90s. Sue was a woman in B.C. who was living with ALS, and she went to uh, court to try and Uh, get the criminal prohibition on assisted suicide uh, lifted. She was not successful in that case, but I think created a lot of public interest and raised a lot of awareness and got people really talking about it. So a few years later, um, Kay Carter, uh, the Carter case is the case that really created the assisted dying laws. Kay Carter um, and... Um, Gloria Taylor. Gloria Taylor also had ALS like Sue Rodriguez. Kate Carter had spinal stenosis. So they launched a lawsuit which ultimately their families, um, the Carter family ended up being the, the main proponents. But basically they went to court and said that that prohibition was uh, unconstitutional, and it was limiting people's ability to what they call life and liberty. Um, so basically saying that people who are suffering intolerably from a grievous condition should be able to make the decision to end their lives. And the Supreme Court agreed. Um, and that was how the made law came about after that court ruling. So
2: traditionally, leading up to that, what was the main pushback? Was it religion? Was it liability? Like, why so much resistance to, to something that, you know, and you often hear the analogy, I mean, we do this for animals, we do this for dogs, but <laughs> humans are made to continue suffering. What, what was the major pushback?
4: Yeah, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but I would say there were a few things. Um, suicide was was a crime under the mm-hmm. criminal code. So, you know, that obviously set a, I think is a mindset thing where people um, decided that taking your life, taking that life was a crime and, and that was difficult. Certainly the Catholic Church is is very opposed and remains very opposed to any anything that they feel hastens or shortens or causes um, a death. I think, you know, public opinion, like a a lot of our political decisions, public opinion plays a huge role in the comfort that the government has in something. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I think when you think back to that Rodriguez case, you know, Sue at one point said, you know, if I can't decide my death, whose life is it anyway? Mm -hmm. And I think that resonated with a lot of people. You have, have choice your entire life. You spend your whole life being an autonomous being. And then when it comes to the end of life, you have no choice. You you are just left to die however you die. So I think those pieces all kinda of coming together, public opinion swell, um, you know, other changes I think things like abortion certainly led the way for assisted dying. There's a lot of parallels there. So I think it's that culmination that eventually leads to change and leads to where we are today.
0: I wanna to talk, I know somebody Uh, Whose uh, mother chose this as an option quite recently within the last year And the story that this daughter tells of her mother's final days is fascinating and and beautiful and And you know, I want to get to that in a bit, but I want to get back to this A lot of people might think why do you even need Medically assistance medical assistance in dying? Why not just you know figure it out on your own? Lots of people do it. Why why? Weren't weren't people doing this for themselves anyway? Is I guess what I'm getting at.
4: Yeah, I know, people were doing this for themselves. I think what's I think what people want is they want to choose. So, you know, there are there are lots of dignified deaths, and a dignified death can take any number of forms. Some mm-hmm. people have palliative care, some people die naturally, some people have an assisted death. Ultimately what you think is the right death is is what is the right death and the dignified death for you? But we also hear a lot of stories about people who, uh, you know, just suffer for weeks, who or months, who go on and on and on, who can't get any relief from their pain, who who don't quite die, their bodies somehow keep holding on, and they just want to be gone. Um, so those, I think, people like that—people who are—they're done. they the pain is intolerable. They're getting no joy out of life. Their quality of living is non-existent. They don't always. Want to just wait until the end? Mm-hmm. So, um, that's a lot of the the challenge for people but
2: to uh, to address what Howard said to like to make it sort of legal or, or um, sort of upfront. When you refer to people doing it prior, well, again, it was basically illegal, and if you involve somebody else to help you, mm, then right. now they are liable. So. There was a real quagmire of issues leading up to that. And you're right. um, People did it, but it wasn't done the way it can be now.
0: And and to Helen's point, it wasn't done with dignity, which is, you know, and again, getting back to the story of this person that I know whose mother chose this option, it was dignified and it was above board. It was out of the shadows.
2: Right. So the, the landscape has sort of changed that way. So what is the process? So I'm in that situation. I want to die with dignity. Is this a long process? Like, what What do you do day one? Is there papers that have to be filled out? Is there people that need to be notified? Like, what is that process?
4: Yeah, so absolutely. So the one thing I will say is prior to the paperwork or or getting anything done... People generally take a lot of time thinking about what they're going to do, talking to their family. So by the time a person says, okay, I think I'd like an assisted death, they've already been thinking about it for Uh usually a long period of time. The process starts with a piece of paperwork, as most things in our our system do. So it's a basic request form. Um, You have to fill it out yourself. You have to have a witness that says that you completed the form. And then you speak to a doctor or a nurse practitioner, depending the province Mm -hmm. you're in. So that first um, conversation can be with your family doctor, you know, I'm thinking about an assisted death, I have a request form, will you help me? Not every clinician uh, does made either a MAID assessment or a made provision. So sometimes you have to go to, um, in Ontario for example, we have a provincial care coordination. In every other province or territory they have some system like that. Um, so you can literally call that 1-800 number and they will help to coordinate it. But once you've got your form and once somebody's kind of connected you you have to meet a full eligibility criterion so you have to be 18 or older you have to have capacity to make healthcare decisions you have to be uh, eligible for canadian healthcare services so generally citizens permanent residents we don't do what they call tourism made in canada switzerland you can just go to switzerland and have made there is still a process but anyone can go there in canada it's only in canada that we mm-hmm. can offer made Um, So beyond that, you have to have a grievous and irremediable condition. So that's a condition that is a serious illness, disease, or disability. It's in an advanced state of decline. Um, It's causing you or the uh, decline in your condition is causing you unbearable suffering that cannot be relieved, and you have to then be assessed by two separate independent clinicians. So they will consider, do you meet that criteria? What does your quality of life look like? Is this a request that you are making independently? Has there been any coercion involved? Is there anyone influencing your decision? Because it has to be mm. your own decision. Um, and then, if they find you eligible, you eligible, you'll have a second assessment. After the second assessment, if you're found eligible again, you can then set a date, and wow. then you can have your maid procedure. And it can take. Yeah, how, I was going to say how,
0: that sounds like a lot of. Yeah. Just to jump in, if somebody is suffering. That sounds like a lot. And they want to end that suffering. That sounds like a long process. But just give us uh, how long does that generally take from beginning to, to the point where you get to set your date?
4: Yeah, I mean, it can be really different. So in a case where, you know, 65% of Canadians who have MADE have cancer, for example. So in the case where you're stage four cancer, you know, the end is very near, the clinicians are engaged and motivated. It can happen quite quickly within a matter of of a day, two days, three days. Oh, okay. uh, if, however, you fall into what we call track two in particular, it would be at least 90 days. And in some cases for, you know, for a case where there's a lot of factors, there's people with like other clinicians with expertise, things like that, other treatments involved. It can be at least 90 days, but it can be it can be honestly, it could be years. It can be two years.
2: And if you have a condition, say that you have like crippling um, uh, depression. And it can be remedied through medication. Obviously, you probably would not qual- qualify.
4: No, yeah. no, and that's um, you know, if you have a mental disorder and that is your sole underlying condition, right. that is the condition you are not eligible. Period. Right so
0: you're saying, is so what you're saying, Helen, is if I have a really bad golf game, I can't call you up and go, listen, I need, to, I need to get out. Uh, no, I know. Listen, we're, we're not. You maybe you don't know us, but we don't. We Take this very seriously. Um, but not I would tell you, you I to no, work. <laughs> I'll tell you this though. I'll tell you the uh, the experience that was described, uh, uh to me about this person who went through MADE was beautiful. Uh, they were way, you know, into their 90s, was suffering, and they they were obviously they met all the criterion and uh and they set a date so all their family could come say Mm -hmm. goodbye it was really sweet and uh and then on a certain day this happens what happens on that day
4: yeah so first of all i will say we hear a lot of stories about it's like a celebration of life and the person's still there exactly it's all those great memories and everything you try to talk about at a celebration of life, but you're still talking to the person. So we hear a lot of stories like that. And I'm, I'm glad your friend's experience was like that. Um, what actually happens? The clinician will show up, you know, made assessors, made providers are, they're pretty compassionate clinicians. They're, you know, they they care about their patients, they care about the family. So there's usually some discussion beforehand about what will it look like? Is there anything special going on? Um, will there be music playing? Mm-hmm. Who will be there? So they want a good sense of who's in the room, what's going to happen, and most importantly, what does the patient want? So everything is kind of coordinated through that lens as much as it can be. Um, in terms of how it works, there's basically three medications. They do it via IV. Um, the, the clinician, again, doctor and nurse practitioner, gives the first one, which um, calms the patient down. The second one helps to, to numb so there's no pain from the injection. And the third one stops the heart. So it really is like someone falling asleep. If you've ever had surgery and had an operation... You just go to sleep like you're having an operation. So there's no pain. Mm. It doesn't take very long, um, generally about 10 minutes until the person has died. And, you know, the family can be there, cannot be there. It's really up to them. But we hear a lot of stories about what a lovely experience it can be for everyone to to really say goodbye. Um, Another
2: technical question. So uh, I'm told that I have uh, I'm relatively I, I feel okay but i they say pancreatic cancer i've been given six to eight months to live could i immediately apply for this or do you actually have to be experiencing discomfort pain before you can apply
4: um yeah i mean technically you can apply you can fill in a request form whenever you want. Um, Will a clinician do a full assessment? I'm not a doctor and nurse practitioner, Mm -hmm. so, um, you know, I can't speak as one. But generally, if you're not suffering at all, they may wish to push the assessment off. Okay. Your suffering can be mental, though. It can be psychological suffering. It yeah. doesn't have to be pain from the cancer. So it could be mm-hmm. the dread of what's to come. So that really comes down to, in all main cases, a case-by-case assessment by a qualified medical doctor.
0: Now, you mentioned Sue Rodriguez, famous case in Canada, and, and famously had ALS and people with ALS. It is a, a brutal decline because you are mentally... Your mental acuity remains uh, confined, and your body just disintegrates. So let's say that scenario is what Fred described. Let's say you're diagnosed with ALS. Um, it can take a long, long time, as they say. But you, could you start that process as soon as you were diagnosed?
4: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, often with ALS, there is suffering you may be fully competent mentally, mean mm-hmm. you generally are, um, but there can be suffering quite early on in a variety of formats. So you can start that. The interesting thing about um, a disease like ALS and also diseases like um, dementia, some people with dementia can qualify. We now have this form. It's called a waiver of final consent. So there was a woman in Nova Scotia, Audrey Parker, um, back into 2019, <clears throat> Who wanted? She had a, a cancer and she had a tumor in her brain. So she wanted to stay for one final Christmas with her family. But because of the way her illness was progressing, she was afraid that she would lose capacity. And at the time, you had to be able to consent at the moment of the procedure. The clinician would literally have to ask you, do you still want to go ahead right before they started the procedure? Mm-hmm. And she was so afraid that that wouldn't happen that she ended up dying in November instead because she didn't want to risk losing her window of opportunity. So as a result of Audrey's advocacy work, and again, there's a lot of news around this at the time, um, in 2021, when the law last changed, they created what's called a waiver of final consent. So when you are uh, able to, you have your requests, you get assessed, you set a date. Let's say your date is, is what is this, June? Let's say it's September. Uh, if something happens between now and September and you So you set a date Mm -hmm. and you sign this waiver of consent with your clinician. If something happens between now and September, you can actually have the MAID procedure go ahead, even if you don't regain capacity. So it's a way for people to get their things in place. But then if something goes wrong, they're still able to have their. And just to be
0: clear, when you say regain, maintain capacity, meaning able to say go ahead with this you
4: have to be able to you have to be legally able to make a health care decision okay. so it's an actual something a clinician will assess for
0: it's a fascinating subject i hope uh, people are enjoying this conversation dyingwithdignity.ca is the uh, website and, and this, you know you've been doing this what a couple things about you helen what brought you to this work and what are some of the things you'd like us uh to know about the advocacy that your organization is doing
4: yeah, well, what brought me here? You know, interestingly, you brought up ALS. Um, Sue Rodriguez was the beginning. I did a few years volunteering for ALS, and then uh, a close, very close friend um, developed ALS. And as we were going through that journey, you know, we were having conversations about assisted dying and what was going to happen and, and just the end in general. And in the midst of all of that, this job came up. And uh, I was, you know, gainfully employed at a job I'd been at 10 years. And it just, it came up and I said, oh, that's interesting. And it came up again. Anyway, the third time I saw the posting, I said, you know, I'm I'm just going to have a conversation. And, you know, a few months later, there I was. So so really, it was something very personal that, that brought me here. What keeps me here? Um, you know, that friend has since died. And what keeps me here is the people we talk to. People who are, uh, you know, who are in... Horrible, horrible situations, who, whose suffering is such that you can't believe. And then people who are so grateful, people who, once they are approved and even before their date is set, will call you and say, hey, I just want to let you know I got approved. And it's like the weight of the world is off my shoulders. And, you know, there's some a lot of anecdotal stories about how once people have that control back, they actually feel a little better for a while. Um, and we'll hear from families afterwards who are, you know, so and so was so happy. If you if you visit our website, there's a lot of these stories. But that's the you know, that's what keeps me here. In terms of advocacy, you know, we have a couple of big things that we're working on. Um, the first one is what we call advanced requests, something that's of real interest to, I would say, our demographic. Um, so people... Oh, Helen,
0: t- we're much older than you. Trust me.
4: <laughs> I was looking for that. <laughs> thanks. Um, people who are, in particular, who have a family history of dementia or Alzheimer's are uh, very interested in this. So an advanced request would be a way for me to say today. While I'm healthy, um, or perhaps after I've just been diagnosed, I'd like an assisted death down the road when this, this, this and this, all these pieces line up. So that's a big thing that Canadians are, are very supportive of. Eighty five percent of Canadians would like to see that legalized. Um,
2: the so um, um, Canada is a pretty progressive country. Um, but is there still resistance to this? Is there Faction out there that would like to see this.
0: What well, ma- this. H- this Helen mentioned the you, you, you mentioned the mm-hmm. Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. You know okay. that cool organization.
2: Would that would that still be an issue or like? Uh-
4: yeah, I mean, is it, I think it's an issue because you know there is always influence, right? So right. Um, you know, one way in particular that I think that the church can be very challenging for people is what's called a forced transfer. So. So say you end up, for whatever reason, in in some provinces, Ontario, this isn't as big an issue, but in some provinces, a lot of the healthcare, the hospitals are run by Catholic organizations. So St. Paul's in Vancouver, there was a story just this week, I don't know if you've seen it, but um, a story about a young woman, Samantha, who uh, ended up with cancer for... Stage cancer and was at St. Paul's Hospital and decided she wanted an assisted death. And they won't perform made provisions, they won't allow made provisions on site. So this young woman was carted off. She had apparently broken ribs, she was heavily medicated. Trucked off to this little tiny room with her family, didn't really regain consciousness, wasn't able to have a proper goodbye with them because they Mm. won't allow someone to come in and do maid on the hospital grounds. You know, I understand that it's a Catholic hospital, but it's a hospital. Mm-hmm. It's a healthcare facility. Yeah. It is not a church. And we do not believe that constitutionally, we do not believe that buildings can claim what we call conscience rights. A clinician can say that they don't want to do MAID. That's totally fine. They have a conscience. They don't want to do MAID. It doesn't align with their beliefs. Yeah. A building doesn't have that same right. So when we think about MAID in the Catholic Church and the health Care system that is the biggest barrier um, and challenge that people face. I would say as a result of that religion.
0: Right. Here's a question: Do the yeah. those uh, Catholic hospitals uh, do they perform abortions in them?
4: No, not hmm. generally. It's well, the same.
0: Listen, you're you're talking, you're preaching to whatever the choir is. We, uh, you know, we, there's just another reason why religion screws up everything. Uh, Dying with Dignity dot ca. Um, one last thing is our, our producer mentioned something about power of attorney. Um, how does things like people who have power of attorney over their parents or children? What what uh, is, is there any provisions? Like if I start to slip away, can my daughter if they have they can't?
4: No, no, there's not. The, is about your autonomy. Right. And your choice. So it's so, not
0: it's not a catch all in terms of no. it's time to put dad down.
4: No, no, no. I mean, the, if we had an advanced request, so if you were able right. today to say, this is what I'd like, it is quite likely that the family or a designated family or loved one and the clinician would make that decision of do we meet the criteria they outlined so they would probably play some role in saying yes all the boxes have been checked it's time but there is no way for anyone other than you yourself to to put a made assessment or provision in play progress
2: and lucky for you howard you would have been put down
0: long ago oh yeah Mm Every, there's so many occasions I can imagine. Uh, listen, Helen, I hope uh, you've enjoyed this uh, conversation we have. I've gone to your website. Very, Very interesting, dyingwithdignity.ca. And where do we? Uh, where do you? Uh, where do we find you? Are you in the city? Where are you?
4: Uh, I'm just east of the city, but Dying with Dignity is right at Young and on Young Street, just uh, at the north end of the city. And uh, again, visit our website for sure if people are interested in advocacy. They're interested in. Uh, we have a lot of programs around death and bereavement and supporting people on the the may journey. And if they have more questions, uh, you know, it was great to just get some factual information out there. So I really appreciate the uh, the opportunity.
0: Well, listen, man, we appreciate Thank you. you and. Uh, now that you're a friend of the show when we have dying with dignity questions I hope you'll accept our request to come back.
4: Call me anytime.
0: All right, man. Well, this Thanks, is and, and trust me when I say you're nowhere near as old as the two of us. We have just, you know, we are, <laughs>
4: I'll we're I'll take it. We're
0: not aging well. We're not. It's just it's not going well. Uh Helen Long, thank you very much.
4: Thank you. Have a great day. You
0: too. You too. Well, very interesting. I I uh I just get so aggravated when I hear about the Catholic Church. Honestly, I do. I'm like, give me a fucking break already with this nonsense. It's just yeah, ridiculous. I'm not surprised. Yeah, no yeah but I know enough. Sure already. Enough. Mostly religious. Yeah, enough with this. Can we just move on? To me, I don't even know why. And I- <sighs>
2: I do and I don't why this is even an issue. But again, to follow the, the rules as they are now, it just makes so much sense because even if I'm dying and I'm suffering, I don't want my family to see me suffering because I know yeah. what it would do to them. Sure. So it would just makes so much sense. And yeah, it's a sad day when you have, I guess, the ceremony, whatever it might, whatever you might want to call it. But then it's over. You sort of have that. You know, you have closure. You're not suffering anymore. My family doesn't have to watch me suffer anymore. It's it well, yeah. makes sense.
0: I mean, my family's been watching me suffer for years. I don't need this uh, to continue. Um, uh, but all joke-y jokes aside, uh, yeah, it's the... Uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought up that we are a progressive country. I just think it's great. When I, and and mm-hmm. when... I won't tell you who, but it's somebody that you know I'm close to, whose uh, family experienced this... And it really is another gr- reason why we are the greatest country on the earth, because we we because we have this. I remember that Sue Rodriguez case very mm-hmm. very vividly, and 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 I, f- I love the, I love I just love the fact that this is the country of, you know, of uh, abortion rights, of mm-hmm. gay rights, of di- of dying with dignity rights. Mm-hmm. Look at who we are. Look at who those idiots are. Uh, Our neighbors below, they really are the neighbors in the fucking basement. Anyway, um, but if we can just move on from this Catholic, this religion based anything, I mean, the fact that this hospital in Vancouver won't do it, like, how dare they? Why? Because of a book? Seriously, because of a book, you won't do this for people? It really is ridiculous, you know?
2: Yeah, and not surprising. And again, that's why I raised that, because, well, it was obvious that's, that's still the issue. And I'm sure there's a faction in this country that tomorrow would want to strike this down and not let anyone do it.
0: Well, on their website, they say, tell your member of parliament to respect our end of life rights. So, yes, they're still fighting for this, because I'm sure, as you say... They're getting... Well, yeah, there's a there's a faction of this country that would, would probably not want this until it touched their family, until it's them.
2: Well, there's... Uh,
0: obviously, there's so much... Again, if
2: we... Like in the States, all those, you know, evangelicals and that... If we could ever, you know, get a count on the abortions they've paid for or been part of. Of course. And, of and course. then turn around and claim they're against abortion i mean just that the hypocrisy and irony of all that that takes place
3: well again (laughs) all
2: those guys in the senate all those guys in congress that have paid for abortions and yet stand there because their constituents don't want abortion so we must not allow it
0: Mm -hmm. yeah the anniversary of them striking down roe v wade just passed last week when we were gone and you know i heard some Hoopala around that Again you know we're living in this country Like a lot of European countries Where abortion rights are still You know I, And I often think about how we How we two men Any man Can have anything to say about what a woman Does with their body And I, listen I understand that everyone has Different views and it's not for everybody But in the end to me Because I have two young women And even as they're you know padre i i i would I, I have no domain over their bodies
2: well it's just what you said there you know it all depends what you want or whoever you put it like it's not for everybody that's right if it's not for you don't do it super yeah but if the person beside you if it's for them then respect that
0: and shut your face <laughs> exactly well, it
2: doesn't need to go any farther than that and that applies to so many things
0: if it's not for you super
2: Great, that's your choice.
0: Well, that, that's uh, that is the, the and that's why you know we have <clears throat> this country. Uh, we have this now as an option. You know, you don't. Maybe you don't want medically assisted uh, in uh, medical assistance in death. Maybe you don't want it. Mm-hmm. But don't say. Then mm-hmm. just shut up. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't do it. Suffer, Mm -hmm. make everyone miserable, and Mm -hmm. go to wherever you're going, unhappy. But if but don't make that my problem, Uh, because I tell you, you know, a lot of people listening have seen their parents go through, you know, years of being, you know, dementia and Alzheimer's, and it's you know it's terrible, and those people, somewhere in them, also understand what a burden they are and the suffering that they're causing. The people that love them uh, around them. Uh, anyhow, uh, Dan Duran's back. We can get back. We can get back to the nonsense. Um, one thing I noticed about the guys who ride in the Tour de France, they're very, very skinny. And, uh, they really are. They are on these diets. Dan, they um, they ride hundreds of kilometers every day, and um, a and guy calluses on their butts. Well, the thing is, Dan, you know, they're wearing skin-tight uh, shorts and they're on in these suits and they're aerodynamic and such and no body hair. But I was thinking, you know, I thought, you know, Dan Duran could not ride in the Tour de France because there's too much drag on your... Mm-hmm. There's too much drag on your package. It's, not, I don't know, you, like they wear these helmets that have the aerodynamic. You'd, you'd have to get an aerodynamic helmet for your helmet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How's that for a segue from Death and Dignity?
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, are we really finished with Death and Dignity? I mean...
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> Let's go Sorry back there. That. Sorry about that. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, these... Anyway, yeah, yeah, these uh, yeah, the whole Why thing. Why is that
1: guy dragging a
2: telephone pole <laughs> <for> behind
0: him? <laughs> <It's>, the uh, <laughs> iconic stage down the Champs-Élysées is Dan Duran wearing the yellow jersey and the little mini-Dan wearing his yellow, yellow jersey. <laughs> 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 Oh, you know,
2: you say calluses on your ass It made me think of a video I saw yesterday it was in a beach in Australia and these dingoes come walking down the beach mm-hmm. and there's a woman lying face down sunning herself and the dingo comes up and bites her ass.
0: Come on oh yeah it's quite
2: comical look it up look it what surprised me the dingoes come walking down the beach and it's like people aren't really paying attention to them i nobody looked afraid but then this one comes up and starts sniffing their girl's butt and she turns around and bites her arse
0: (laughs) the dingo bit my ass (laughs) Uh, i was walking stan over here right next to the studio on that street uh, and uh I, I was just walking along, and Stan was doing a little sniffing there. And I look across the street, and there was a fox. Yeah, like a fucking fox, my friend. And uh, I got Stan quickly. I was like, "Would that fox attack?" I didn't think so. <laughs> but, I don't know, Howard. I I don't know the fox world. Okay, but I will admit, I uh, I wasn't good. I I'd forgotten this too. I'm losing my mind. What'd you do? Well. It's not so much what I did It's I sort of I was, I was Ever do this Ever say something out loud When you're by yourself And you're like Embarrassed for yourself <laughs> So This is what happened I saw the fox And I quickly started Sort of jerked on Stan's uh, leash To get him to get away quickly Because we were across the street And then I looked back At the fox And I said the following Scat
3: <laughs> like Scat
0: I, I said Okay scat. grandpa I know I was The entire rest of the walk In my head I was like Did you really just say Fucking scat mm-hmm. Like I, I don't know what else I Could I have said shoe mm-hmm. uh, What are the options Dan When you're trying uh, shush,
1: to shush, shush 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 Yeah
0: But yeah. I I came up with The Victorian era Grandpa mm-hmm scat i said to the fox scat ye <laughs> let me ask you this
2: question so i'm in the garage if delise walks out i'm talking to myself it's like ooh, that's weird like no. why are you talking to yourself but if i was singing it would be acceptable i could be saying the same you know if you're out on your own and you're talking to yourself people think well that's a bit weird but if you're singing yeah it's well, acceptable why is that it depends
0: that? i mean if you're walking along the streets here in front of the sketchway and you're singing to
1: yourself, it's also a bit weird. But I know what you mean. Is I've it, talked. Isn't really. It Is it more really? Acceptable. It is. It's more acceptable to sing your thoughts than to, uh, to just not, say Okay,
0: them. maybe in Why? the garage while you're working away, whistling while you work kind of thing. But not just walking along the promenade. <laughs> you know, you're not just walking down the street singing. People will still think you're a bit odd. But not as much as if you were talking to yourself. I, don't, I think but it's
2: pretty close. giving the air
3: shit. Like, I you think, know, those people that walk yeah. down the
2: road and they're giving someone shit and there's nobody around. Yeah,
0: they're, they're mad at the world. Yeah. But yeah, I get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I still think if you're singing along by yourself, you know, gesturing into the sky, it's still a bit odd.
1: The I world mean, is full of double standards. You're right, Fred.
0: Dan, mm-hmm. you, see a, you see a fox across the street and you were, let's say, taking Clifford R.I.P. for a walk. Do you say shoe? Do you say scat? No. Do you say away with ye?
2: Be gone with ye. What's that, Fred? <laughs> be gone with Begons, you. Be gone,
0: fox. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. I said scat. I think there's a big rat
1: problem in the city, too, eh? Rats oh. in my kitchen. Yeah. Well, that would be a around. good thing for the foxes because that's in their category. They eat rodents oh, and things, right? Yeah. I don't think, I don't, I wouldn't have been concerned with Clifford unless because he was a b- bigger dog so right i would not I like oh i would keep clifford away because i wouldn't want to have a you know a vet bill with a dog fight dog no well fight. exactly
2: but um uh, yeah it's you know these you know rats and foxes in the city and stuff like that it's uh it's somewhat alarming and if, again you can't you can't do anything about it because it's against the law and uh Last week, Johnny Slapshot, he's got his baseball game in act in this beautiful little park. I forget the name of the park, right on a little lake. It was gorgeous. But did you know it was almost unusable around the water? And and they have a dock with the paddle boats. Why was it unusual? All over the docks.
0: Ratchet? No. Goose shit.
2: Everywhere. Mm. It was disgusting. Almost hey. done, everybody, all the young families coming there. Watch the poop, watch the poop. Mm. Ooh, you can't stop there. Like, enough. Enough. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm on this all the time. Oh, but wait a second, I've never heard done you, about.
0: I've never heard you say a thing about the Canada geese. What do, you, what do you want to say about that?
2: But this beautiful little situation for families there's picnic tables, there's docks, there's paddle boats, well, there is loose Even on the docks, like all over the docks.
0: Well, then get a gun and kill them all.
2: But it's unsanitary. It's not fair.
0: It's like... Well, what something... should be done? They have to call them. I'm sorry. But somebody... We've been talking about this for years. What should be... We... Go get them. Get a big net. Yeah. There's
1: a hunting season for them, isn't mm-hmm. it? That's right. So,
2: yeah, but you can't hunt in a park and act... Hunt! Come
1: on. No, no, by the way, you can do, do your part. So do you remember this song? Dan, do you remember get this? To... What does the fox
0: say? The I, I had no idea. Someone sent suddenly... this to me. Still. What does the fox say? I, this, I somehow, this passed me by What does the fox say? Angel anyway is it? It's some big hit from uh, 2013 called What does the fox say? Really? Oh yeah
4: by more, more, Yeah, it's
0: some Euro more, thing uh, Anyway, I don't know what to do about the geese uh, I was somewhere recently Plus some golf course where they had a goose problem There was shit everywhere
2: Oh man
0: Shits everywhere, man. <sighs> so, at what point do humans
2: matter? Like, I know we have to look after well, our wildlife and stuff, but there's, it's like unsanitary, huge turds too. Do like <clears> right you want on the it, dock?
0: Do you want to listen? Well, we got to. I want to get to Dan's news because we also have Craig from Architect talking about uh, getting your deck done, even in inclement weather. Plus, I got to talk to him about my deck. I think it's time to uh, Dan. Is it how often I've had that deck now for four or five years? And is it time to get it stained again?
2: Well, if you we'll want to keep it, it color,
0: yeah. What's that, but if Freddie? You
2: Did you stain it to begin with?
0: Yeah, it was stained, I think. I didn't well, do it. it
2: pressure. if it's pressure treated, never stain it. Well, we'll
0: do something it to it. It thing. needs to be. It needs to be treated. Uh, uh power to wash it or something. Anyway, when you're over here next week, Dan, have a look at it. Um, there's a new okay. Steely. Not I shouldn't say new. I'm not going to save this for tomorrow, maybe. But there's a Steely Dan song that is making the rounds. From a tape that they thought was lost there's, there's been a bootleg of this But now For you Celia Dan fans um, There's an actual Recording from the original studio session That they thought was erased was, uh, Somebody had made a cassette of it Dan This is mm-hmm. a great uh, This is a great Production manager's story That I will say for you tomorrow But it's an actual uh, And it's pretty good It's uh, from the uh, session when they were Recording Gaucho you know, back in 79 hmm. So I'm going to play that for you tomorrow, Daniel And Fred, because I know you like your Dan Can't, can't wait to hear that uh-huh, I, I uh-huh. thought
1: where you are going to go with that Is that Steely Dan now is an AI version of some song No, no Like an actual song from them, that would be gossip to
0: hear. No, that can't be possible
1: yeah. But first here, <laughs> but first <laughs> now, Here's to a fella named Dan Duran A hell
0: of a guy with a hell a big wang The mm-hmm. quintessential Dan His voice is nice and low huh.
4: Dandoran the Anchorman, comes
2: as for credentials, he has none Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low
1: Dandoran the Anchorman's here, he's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now, live from
0: someone's house in Stratford, Ontario here is world-famous
1: movie anchorman, Dan Duran. Losing weight through drugs has a new drug to lose weight by. There's an experimental drug that's uh, showing very good results with loss, weight loss in patients uh, in the obesity drug space, which I didn't even know there really was one until just recently. You've heard about Ozempic, mm-hmm. which has been making the news. Well, this one is called Retatrutide. And they found that for 48 weeks on the highest level of the medicine, saw weight loss average up to 24% of the, their body weight, the, uh, the subject's body weight.
2: That's a tablet, a right? Ozempic is an injection. I think the one you're
1: referring to, is it, is it a tablet? No, this one is an injection as well to slow down a, the okay. appetite, yeah. Okay.
0: And, and so Imagine what does it do? It, re- it makes you less hungry?
1: I guess. Now what are the are the side effects anal leakage because a lot of these drugs yeah. are anal leakage. Yeah, it's all it's all about the uh the uh, intestinal problems. Either was mild or high severity, you know, depending on the doses that that are administered.
0: What the the, the side effects are I'm, I I was, wasn't kidding. I know the side effects are extreme stomach issues while your body rejects that drug. What are we going to say, freddie
2: uh, last week, I was uh, driving around. And I put Stern on for a while, and he was ranting about um, all these drugs for wh- he wants them all banned. He said, "What about people like me? I work hard at keeping my weight off. why should people Why should people be able to cheat One of the go- One of the only things I have going for me is the <laughs> fact that you know i 've been able to keep weight off and i 'm conscious of it, and I work at it. So why should all these other people be able to cheat? Get rid of that shit I, It was quite it was funny
0: <laughs> i mean it makes a good point i mean but you know people are you know human beings what being what we are you know if we Mm -hmm. if you could do it they would have done it by now
1: but Mm -hmm.
0: uh are these drugs safe
1: daniel uh well i don't know because this one hasn't been released As another Mm -hmm. trial coming up uh third uh, it goes into a third trial Mm -hmm. of some sort um but with the like what you said the uh the uh side effects are uh, predominantly gastrointestinal, and mostly mild to moderate in severity. Mm. And Doug, uh, or Doug, uh, Doug Dan, you must
2: love these drugs, right? Because you'll, it'll be less aggravation for you to look around and see obese
0: people. <laughs> That's right.
2: <laughs> the fewer obese people are, the happier you will be. It won't be like, oh, how did that happen?
1: You know. I what? suppose if you're really severely obese, it would be something to consider. But it would be, you know, I don't know if I would. I just feel weird about it.
0: Maybe that was Dan's childhood thing where you and I were making fun of the, you know, slow people around us. Maybe that's when Dan, well, there was, because maybe people need to be reminded that Dan uh, hates the obese. So did that start in Alberta? Did some obese person cross your path and you went, oh, I will never like the obese?
2: It's funny, I had an obese kid lived across uh, in front of me and one directly What'd you do to him? him. Two obese kids. Oh, uh, well, yeah,
1: well, the one do you have a name for those two bad Huffs? yeah is that But where, uh, uh,
2: <laughs> the problem with this stuff too I've been reading is um you got to keep taking it if you stop taking it, the weight just comes back on, so then the question is, how long do you take it, and what is it doing to
0: you? You know well, maybe the idea is to suppress your appetite medically until you reconfigure your brain. Psychologically so that when you've done Your course of treatment Then you were Ideally you're now on a path of Not eating as much because you've reprogrammed your
2: Well if that's uh, The situation I mean That's kind of that's the idea behind all
0: That's the idea, the idea behind these um, Nicorettes and things like that uh, Shampax mm. is to you Once you're through the cessation program You're supposed to be able to Not smoke because you don't smoke anymore which is kind of bullshit really.
1: I did read about a small study that showed that after being obese like morbidly obese and losing the weight like people uh, gain it back again a lot and yeah. the reason mm. they yeah. they are assuming that is that the uh <laughs> you 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 have a sense of uh, when you're hungry. Mm. Yeah, to eat. And that gets lost in in uh in the morbid obese zone mm-hmm. it changes the, ba- the brain chemistry in some right. way so you, you just will never end up having that advantage of oh I feel full I guess
0: did you and yeah, Doug make up one. any songs about fat people when you were a kid <laughs> <laughs>
2: No 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 But uh, that, uh, that term always gets me Like obese uh, Obese is fine You need to say morbidly obese <laughs> like, no. it's, just, it's a medical it's like, term It is I know it is But I'm just, I know it's a medical term But it just, it just seems so cruel it's not enough you're obese,
0: you're morbidly obese <laughs> That's right It's not you're a very so, friendly word You're so obese, we've come up with another adjective for you <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's a, It's not, hey, obese is one way of describe, describing you But you're at a different level We're going to level when you, when you up a bit
2: When you're, B, uh, uh, what is it, BMI or whatever, what do you call it? Body mass BMI. index yeah, body mass in it. Well, Like, when you enter obese Like,
0: that's know. <laughs> that's right I no. am now obese But now to <laughs> tag it with morbid Yeah, that's right I, I was <laughs> obese last year This year I'm shooting for morbidly <laughs> obese
1: And what's Jesus. after that? What's after morbid? <laughs> I know You're just saying Just keep with uh, clothing sizes So, you know Obese, medium Obese, That's large, like you're talking to somebody kind of like Hey, large. you're fat now But I
0: think you could be fatter you know, mm-hmm. if you, you, what do you? You, if you have to have a goal. I'm shooting
1: for morbid.
2: Dan, you should become a made advocate for you know the obese. They should be put down. Is this what you're? Is this? <laughs> what? a
1: mischaracterized.
2: Oh, that's not. Oh, right. No, are you? Uh-huh. Are you? Become an advocate, Dan. Dan I declare. I,
0: I demand that you. You could just walk up to people and giving them cards. Here, go kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here. I'm Dan Duran. Here's, here's, here's what I recommend. Yeah, <laughs> give me that chicken leg. <laughs> okay.
2: oh, oh, it's nothing to make fun of. But we do.
0: <laughs> well, that would be a very short show. Um, uh, Daniel, sorry. Daniel, mm-hmm. yeah. do, do you? Uh, yeah. First of all, thank you for that story. Yeah, you're welcome, I Love to bring. Freddie, are you story, uh, sure. are you caught up, Fredman? Oh, no, the Retirement Sherpa. I thought so. a shout-out. Well, hang on a second. Before we get to Dan... Dan, do you have a second story? Yeah, there's a second story. Well, before we get to Dan's second story... I I would really appreciate if Fred could talk about our good friend, the Retirement Sherpas.
2: Uh, Tim is a portfolio manager. Raymond James a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Uh, Tomorrow on the show, uh, Tim's going to be talking about a client who had a certain time frame they wanted to retire... Uh, but things have changed, some stress at work, some other things that are sort of bringing them down. Um, so they recalculated, and they figured that uh, this person can retire earlier. Uh, you know, just another story along the way of how, you know, retirement and um, investing and uh, personal wealth are sometimes a moving target, and uh, it can actually be a good thing in certain situations. So he's the Retirement Sherpa, Tim Niblett, retirementsherpa.ca.
0: Tin
4: It's hard to keep my soul
0: on the ground. You're a fool. Don't fuck around with
3: my dog.
0: Alright. Let me uh I just love this song. There's a band from the uh, edge days that uh mm-hmm. I, I felt like I didn't appreciate enough at the time, but I really like them now. Uh, much like our good friend Dan Duran with his second story, world-famous news anchor from the TV and the movies. Um, here's Dan Duran.
1: Ryan Reynolds is getting into Formula One with Team Alpine through his film production and digital marketing company Maximum Effort. Joe so Reynolds, along with Michael B. Jordan and Rod McElhinney, Uh, have acquired a 24% stake worth about $220 bucks in the team. Mm. The uh, team actually holds fifth place in the F1 World Championship. The new uh, slave investors give hope that the team can catch up because they've been slipping uh, down one position. A lot of money in that sport, though.
0: Yeah. Ryan Reynolds, how much money does that guy have? Like, that's a lot of money.
1: Yeah, it's
2: crazy. I I sent you the picture the other day, you know, you bought me the Wrexham hat, and I think you explained how you got it on air. Yes. Anyway, Buddy Doug, who I referred to earlier in the show, who Mm.
0: used to, you know... Torment children with you? Your co-tormentor?
2: He sent me a picture. He was at the Jays game the other day with his lovely wife, Laverne, wearing Mm -hmm. a Wrexham hat. And I'm just thinking, merchandising alone... And, and, and again, I go back to when those, you know, um, welcome to Wrexham, the show, and those yeah. guys were a bit nervous about the investment. How they've turned... You know, given the level of money it takes to run a franchise in that level of soccer, merchandising alone is probably paying the bills and again and again and again.
0: Yeah, easily, I'd say.
2: Hey, something else.
0: I'm waiting for season two. Like, it's crazy that that series was so... I found it so compelling. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Like, and they're going to be able to milk it as they go up the divisions. Oh, absolutely. And, and again, McElhaney McEl- has a certain amount of wealth. But he doesn't have Ryan Reynolds' money. No. But what's
2: helping, too, it's actually helping the other franchises, apparently, because now other teams in the league are getting a bit of, ha- a, bit of a hate on for Wrexham, right? Jealousy. Like, oh, these guys get these big movie stars to come in and you know highlight this team and now they're at an advantage that we don't have right. monetarily so they're sort of like arch enemy number one which means when they visit other stadiums people come out to see them it's sure. it's it's a great story it really is
0: no it's brilliant and uh but da- back to dan's idea is formula one mm-hmm. I- again back is very like this whole idea of moving up spots and down and the relegation from soccer um is similar in the Tour de France. I didn't. It's very much like these teams. Mm-hmm. People own these racing teams, mm-hmm. sponsorship, and you know. I've I've been looking up, you know, because I'm curious about how much money they make. These riders, like the star riders in the Tour de France, are making five and six million pounds a year. Really? Oh yeah, dude. Whoa! I had no idea. Oh, yeah. But the t- yeah. because the team value and. Just like soccer or football, mm-hmm. if you don't do well, you don't, You get relegated. You get demoted. Um, there's a whole world, Dan, I don't know if you know this. Well, there's a whole world over there in Europe. there <laughs> <laughs> so really? One, one other thing you would like about the Tour de France Unchained documentary, Dan, is that it, the, the regions that they ride through are magnificent. Like, they're just beautiful. You know, in the Alps and the Swiss Alps, and through uh, the countryside of France, it really is something else. Mm -hmm. Um, Formula One
2: fan Fred Ball just checked in.
0: Mm. Fred Ball,
2: tell tell Dan Duran it's not Alpine; it's it's pronounced Alpine. Just oh, okay, all right, (laughs) Alpine. That's Ball. Yeah, Ball.
0: Hey, Ball. It's also pronounced Alpenus.
2: Okay. I got a text here from my wife about an hour ago. It says, uh, Website, how plastics are poisoning us.
0: So she sent me that. <laughs> she, did she? <laughs> she thought we should get on that. Yeah. Wait till she hears. Well, she never hears the show. Is she aware of. No. She has no interest. No, I meant. No. I had a great talk with your wife last week. What a fucking angel. Is she aware of what was going on with you and your buddy Doug as children? Before she Oh, I uh,
2: think she's over the years she's heard the stories, yeah. Well, has
0: she? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting.
1: But we've all changed for the better, haven't we? We've all Well, uh, you grow up. Grown. You've grown. Well, we hope we have. As people think about things more introspectively.
2: <laughs> the fact that you can look back and uh, look back and know That what you did was wrong. That's an achievement in itself. What if I was sitting here at 67 years of age going, Yeah, there's no big deal. What's wrong with that? The kid was mental. So I called, you know.
0: Mental Marge. Mental Margaret. Yeah. Marge. Mental Marge. Um, Mm -hmm. But if this was a movie, you know, what if it's like, you know, you just happen to be downtown, you know, at a ball game maybe, and you go out to get a beer. And all all through the last few years where this guy has figured out who you are, the famous Fred Patterson sportscaster, and he starts following you, and he just happens to, like, just walks up to you, just scraps your arm, and you go, oh, sorry, you don't recognize him. It's a poison. And then you just slowly... <laughs> and wow. then, and then, just as you're dying, just as you're dying, he he starts singing one of the songs you made up for him.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's dark. I That's
0: can't really wait dark. back to get back to Toronto <laughs> after the summer is gone. How you like that one, Fred?
3: <laughs> we
2: get, we wrote him another song. It was called Prejudice. 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 Then it had a bunch of awkward lines in it too mm. about. Which was actually pretty progressive for the early 70s. We oh, wrote a yeah. song about uh, um, uh, prejudice. Um, but again, some of the lines in it were so twisted and
0: weird that... Uh, <laughs> prejudice. So you're, as you lay dying, <laughs> uh-huh. as you lay there dying, and you're some kind of poison, but you're still conscious, all you hear is, Prejudice, prejudice.
1: You should get together yeah. with my buddy, Doug, and then find out uh, what the lyrics were in the tune, get together with Pete Cuno, record it, and then bring it to the show. I mean, that's it's right. that sounds like a great song.
2: Well, Doug has a much better memory than I do when it comes to stuff like that. I'm sure he yeah. could come up by mine. You should do it. Yeah, yeah. I've just wrote so many songs over the years. One, oh, that's right. Just melt like melt.
0: Uh, you're like the Paul Simon of... Uh, Childhood tormention. What What was that childhood
2: tormention song?
1: What was your song, Fred? I didn't hear that. lyrics. Yeah, no, the one you just is. Oh, that was
2: prejudice it? Prejudice And then there was some lines about not being fair to people and Dan, well,
0: You didn't hear him sing that a minute ago What were you doing?
2: No,
1: mm-hmm. just he just said I thought it was a different song
0: No, no, that's, song that's, God, yeah, that's the prejudice song Not to be confused with We're going back to Toronto song
1: Yeah, gee, um, Mom, I want to
2: go back to Toronto Okay, yeah.
0: we got to get to uh, Craig here Okay. he's checking in now. Right. Dan, just uh, give us a couple minutes. Okay. Uh, as much as we want to keep this tomfoolery up, <laughs> we have business to do. We have the business of this program, which is no laughing matter. <whistles> bum, bum. Hey, when are we going to record another one of these uh, little new things? New
2: season coming
3: soon.
0: New seasons of a new season of aging with energy. Can't wait. da 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 Well, we're uh, always a a pleasure to welcome back to our program Craig Keats from Architect Outdoor Living Let me tell you a little bit about this company It's one of the largest in North America 150,000 projects since 1980 Craig's been busy He's been very, very busy Uh, What do they do? They do it all Porches, patios, outdoor kitchens, pool houses, hardscapes and decks They do a lot of decks And uh, with us uh, once again is... uh, Craig. Keats. How are you, my friend? I'm well.
3: Good morning, gentlemen.
0: Um Good morning. You know, it's uh I'm glad to talk to you. We've been uh talking about architect now for a, a while. And um I have a deck question at the end of this, because I'm stupid. Um but I want to start with what you wanted to talk about, which is the impact. Like today it's raining, it's been raining off and on the last couple of weeks. A lot of people in your business, people that do pools and outdoor Things are affected by that what's architect's uh you know sort of backup plan when it starts the weather turns rotten
3: yeah rain rain is sort of one of those uncontrollable variables for us, so uh, there's some things that we can do that we'll press through and and keep working uh, through the rain, but it really it does get to a point where it 's too much rain, and ultimately that 's not going to lead to the best result i mean um, Certain types of projects, doing stonework, you don't want to be finishing uh, stonework in the middle of a torrential downpour. Uh, it just plays too much havoc with the soil or the, the the surface that you're putting the stones on. And even when it comes to decks, uh, you know, a wood deck full of water. Uh, you know, soaking wet wood that we're we're putting together, the measurements will be off. Uh, Wood swells with all that water. So it's best to wait for uh, somewhat drier weather. So Mm -hmm. it can be a a bit of a factor in some of our projects.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. Wood fills with water and then it dries out and then uh, a lot can change.
3: It's a different size. uh, Mm -hmm. So things don't line up. But I mean, we do our best to, I mean, we plan for it. We know that there's going to be a certain amount of days that we're going to lose to rain. So we sort of, uh, I don't know know if I can say this uh, on the air, but, you know, we do pad our schedules a little bit uh, when we're planning just to make Mm -hmm. sure that we've got a little bit of extra buffer time to deal with the unexpected. But when it rains like this week we might lose we might lose most of this week by the way the the forecast looks like so we have to shuffle things and reschedule crews and move people around and so you know so we don't just sit back and go hey rain day great let's go to the movies That's right, right. yeah we've got lots to do so
2: does that apply to um um composite as well or or composite decks framed with <clears throat> wood and then topped with composite is that that is that how that works
3: yeah composite decks are i mean ultimately usually framed by wood uh and so there can still be some issues in installing it and you want mm-hmm. it to be you want it to be perfect uh there's also the factor of you know you've got a crew of sometimes our crews are seven or eight people uh walking around your backyard trunching trudging through uh through your garden beds that are now wet and muddy mm-hmm. so that can be a bit of an issue so you know in order to preserve your yard and, and have the lowest impact possible for our crews there's also a benefit there
0: i can only- imagine that people understand that you know they when you say you pad the schedule you there, you have to have some contingency because yeah. you're working in an outdoor environment and um and as you said too I, I like what you said about you you want the thing to be done right and i think most people would understand that
3: yeah. And that's, I mean, that's our bottom line at our end is, you know, we want to build high quality projects and ultimately that means building it right. And so if that means, you know, a slowdown or, you know, a small delay for weather, it's well worth it. Uh, people are investing a lot in, mm-hmm. in their backyards and in these projects. Let's make sure we do it right. Craig, let's
2: get your opinion on staining decks. Um, do you, as a rule, is that part of the job? It depends on whether the customer wants it. Um, do you recommend it because, is it not true once you stay in a deck then it becomes an ongoing issue or or need or is there different products now what's
3: yeah you're i mean once you stay in a deck you're kind of committed to the upkeep and the maintenance so what we hear a lot is you know the deck gets to a certain age it starts looking pretty rough Mm -hmm. people throw stain on it to make it look a little bit better and get a few more years out of it well now every year Mm -hmm. they're spending a weekend staining their deck and their garden and everything around their deck (laughs) uh you know so it's so it can start to be sort of the beginning of the end for a lot of wood decks some people do want that stained look if you want that color match look uh when we're designing and when we're building sometimes there's a wood or a composite that gets us close but if we're using pressure treated lumber it it will come down to staining it we usually recommend that people wait up to six months before they stain, there are uh-huh. uh, there are pigments and chemicals in the pressure treated wood that are that don't behave well uh, right. with the uh, with the stain. Not to mention the saps and the gums that are in the in the actual wood don't allow the stain to take properly. So yes. Yeah. So what is the
0: ma- like? I was telling Freddie like, and I I we put a deck in here years ago, just a small one up in my balcony, and you know the wood is starting to look as you say, starting to get a little aged. What is the maintenance? that you recommend for it?
3: So when your deck starts getting a bit old, if it's pressure treated, wood deck, uh, people usually start with maybe uh, pressure washing it. Okay. So give it a good clean or even just a deck brush and just scrub it with literally soap and water, uh, get some of the dirt out, get some of the, the sort of uneven colors out of it. It'll come back a bit, but I, I uh, you know, I'm not going to pretend that it gets you anywhere close to new, um, but it looks a little bit better. I mean, sometimes you get that that uh, that mold or that algae that grows on decks and it makes them quite slippery. So getting that off is is definitely well advised. Um, you know, once a year, if you're pressure washing an older deck, great. If you do decide to stain, then you are, you know, I would pressure wash first, allow it to dry, uh, give it a day or two to dry out, and then I would stain it. Um I would suggest something in more of a semi-transparent stain like don't go with the full full hide stain because that's more like paint and so what happens is you're going to get flaking and chipping and large pieces right. coming off pretty quickly because this is old wood. So that's how I would approach it but be aware once you stain a wood down you're in the staining you're business probably okay. staining it every, exactly you're staining it every year. So
2: and you you got to be a little uh careful with the pressure washer too right you don't want to be too intense because <laughs> you yes can ru- you can rough it up and i and i must say the the, the other guy on the show dan duran you should see him with a scrub brush and soap and water oh geez Jeez. no hey, it's unbelievable yeah. how he brings them up like I, to me it's way too much work and my shoulders right. hurt afterwards and stuff but dan's unbelievable dan he feels no pain and,
0: dan feels yeah. no yeah. pain
2: So if you're looking for a deck uh, washer, cleaner, Craig, uh, I got a guy for you. Dan's the man. Uh, um, Before we let you go, and by the way, the number to
0: uh, call for a consultation, Craig's always available at 647-775-9222. We're going to close the book on June here. uh, And July, August, September, you know, we've had this discussion, but just to briefly let people know that it's not too late. To start thinking about getting your deck done this summer, is it?
3: No, not at all. Um, I mean, depending on how far along you are with your ideas, what exactly what you want, uh, there's a little bit of time you got to allow to design and kind of get the right the right style, the right look, the right materials that you're looking for. We have crews and we're scaling our operation all the time. So, okay. uh, through the thick of the summer, we have a lot of crews working and we can always find a window to make this happen. So, oh, if right. you're looking to do something this summer, we could definitely get something built for you.
0: Well, always a great uh, time so talking, great. talking to you. And thanks for uh, making time for us. Seven, uh, 647 seven. six, 775 seven, 9222 Architect.com Architect Outdoor Living. And Craig Keats, thank you, my friend. Hope you. Uh, thank you
3: very much, guys.
0: We will talk to you sooner than later. See you, Craig. Thank you, my friend. Yeah,
3: appreciate it. Have a great candidate weekend. Yes, you too. It's, the, it's great. the greatest country in the world. It is. Mm-hmm.
0: There's Dan Duran. He'll stay in your deck. He's going to come over there and brush it up. What should I do oh, with you my deck,
2: see, Dan? Honestly, you should see him go at like awkward oh, his, his deck with, the, with that. He's got this hard bristle brush. And, and he doesn't really have suggest that I do it at ours, and yeah. like
0: I, I, can't sustain the power because he's got play. he's got the the ability. He's got a very Zen mind. You know that's what it is. You and I are thinking way too much, thinking about too many things. We're thinking about all the horrible things we've done. Dan Duran has none of that. Dan <laughs> just is just a pure. is like a, every day, his brain is like an Etch A Sketch. He just shakes his head, and it goes back to neutral and uh it 's a beautiful thing
1: what I do is a little bit when i 'm doing that deck thing that Fred 's talking about is that I, I do it a little bit every day and just always think that i do you know doing a little exercise nice. kind of like, i 'm not going to run down the street and you know jogging shorts on or something i 'm more like you know, doing it this way so that's so's
2: whenever I do a job like that, as soon as I start, I think about how great it 's going to be done when, or how great it 's going to be when i 'm done, right mhm. No, and it's just, it makes the job harder because I'm thinking, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. I'm not oh, done why yet. I see, yeah. Yeah. You can't let yeah. it go. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: No. Nope. just want to be uh-huh. done. Uh, that's the great thing about Dan. It's a little bit every day. Just yeah. a little yeah. tiny bit. You know, Just a wee little tiny, tiny little tiny. bit. Scrimmy, scrimmy, scrimmy. And then he goes back <laughs> to thinking about whatever Danderan <laughs> thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, scrubby, scrubby.
2: Scrubby. <laughs> Anyway, anyway. Um, Alright yeah, My think, dad you know In his retirement years He used to say that To me all the time Freddie you know Don't when you look At a job Don't think you all You have to do it all In the first day Or mm-hmm, in the first mm-hmm. Just do a little bit At a time And next thing you know It's done Just take it easy
0: Speaking of summer projects Before we get out of here What's going on With your hobo trailer Have they demolished that Have they, uh, <laughs>
1: have they Taken it down yet No they called me Yesterday actually Did they yeah, and they said, Dan? "Hey, we got another. We got this trailer. Just reduce the price on it." <gasps> so. Fantastic.
2: Well, then hold off. Keep waiting for those calls. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because um, I'm thinking of coming up there with uh, Senora, yes. Senora. Who I want to forget her last name. But, uh, <laughs> you forget her your date? No, I don't want to say her last name. Oh, I see, and she's, on and the she's not a right. señorita. Yeah. Yeah. A señorita. It's a young Spanish woman. This is a uh, woman. This is not a, a child. Not a young, Why do you want oh. to say
2: her last name? The Spanish police? What? That's Our right. Mexican police?
0: Or <laughs> anyways, I'm bringing her up to the. I'm bringing her up to the trailer area for a couple of days
1: when she's here. And so on the, uh, the north Well the north I just country. want to know Are you going to have yeah. uh, Are you going to have A new trailer by then Or will you still It'll it be like well, I don't know yet I just, uh, don't know when I still have to negotiate it huh? so When I'm done here In Stratford I'm yes. going back there And then I'm going to start uh, You know Having serious conversations About all that Alright well let me know Soon, just, all right. I, I think okay. she and
0: I Are going to stay uh, Freddie's got me set up At a hotel up there But we're going to come Visit you guys
1: Cool Yeah. wait be. That'd be awesome Yes
0: hopefully we're there that week well if you're not there that would be weird <laughs> although i can come up and say hi to visit with darren and dan yeah dan will be there well fred's a fair weather camper so if the weather's not great then you know, well the no maybe he'll safe. make an exception and come up and meet her oh right all right well that's a lot of show thanks very much uh, it's to everybody too much, who did this so there's a lot of too show we, we overdid the show today it was very <laughs> exciting uh, we're back tomorrow. Lumbee returns. The return of Jeff Lumbee on this program. I wonder if he's got some stories of childhood intolerance. I'm sure he does. <laughs> of
1: course uh, he does.
0: Of course. Uh, the Sherpa and uh, Brett Tanner on the program is going to be very busy tomorrow. And then, of course, our email show. And we will crown a champion, a winner of our uh, gift uh, card from uh, Palmas Kitchen. It's all going to happen uh, the next couple of days.
1: Thanks, everybody. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Arcadec Outdoor Living, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Aaron Ventures, Evnet.ca, Palma Pasta, and our newest sponsor, Stretch Lab Toronto. We read all the emails. The Thursday Email Show with some Palma Pasta, Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. So tell us what you think, and also liking and subscribing helps us out. So do that so just writing a review, giving us all hearts of stars. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Durant. And remember, it's not nice to get a guy to torment your best friend into singing stupid songs or the to drink tea. To the town's renewal. <laughs> do it. <laughs> <A place we laughs> just don't do it. So you can enjoy every gore-damn day. Where's
0: that?